Life can take us on unexpected paths that leave us with emotional wounds and scars. But these scars do not have to be a burden that we carry alone. I'm Jocelyn Biederset, a childhood sexual assault survivor, and this is Invisible Scars, a podcast where we connect and learn from those who have come out stronger on the other side of trauma. On today's episode, I am sitting down with Bethany Lavasser. Bethany sits down with me to discuss the tragic and sudden loss of her brother due to a heart attack at a very young age. She shares what she has leaned on throughout her healing journey and what it's like to navigate being a forgotten griever as siblings of lost loved ones are often referred to. Bethany is so strong and open in this episode, and we can all learn something from her. Bethany, welcome to Invisible Scars. I'm so excited to have you here for this conversation. Um, just around grief and losing siblings, I I know you have a really incredible story, and I'm so excited for you to share with everybody kind of your experience and how you've gotten to a good place and where you are today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get into it, I know you've listened to the podcast um, and we've talked a little bit online. So you know that I like to start out every episode with hearing from my guests, you know, some positive affirmations or things that they're doing to kind of help them in their healing journey. So I would love for you to share with everybody what you do. So I guess the thing that I would say I don't necessarily, I would say more I keep it in mind is that everyone's going through something. So whenever someone is treating me uh, poorly, or they seem upset, I always keep in mind they have something going on and to not take it to heart. Mm, That's a big one. I actually love that you said that because that's something I've really done too in the last couple of years is like, I see people's pain more now than I used to. Like I, instead of getting angry, I see their pain. Like they've clearly gone through something that is making them react this way to me or treat me this way that I'm triggering something. And in my healing state, I'm able to see that a lot more clearly and not take it so personally. Yeah, no, it's definitely an easier way to not, um, like internalize things and you're able to kind of brush it off a lot lot easier. Yeah, totally. That is so true. So, you know, to tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you're a new mom, which is so exciting. Congratulations. Um, tell us a little about your personal story, like where you grew up, your family dynamics and what what you kind of want to share with everybody. So I was born and raised in Prince George. Um, my family's always been close every Sunday. We would get together at my grandparents' house for brunch and I, have a really big family and my mom's one of seven kids so lots of cousins and we grew up kind of all as siblings more so than than cousins um i have two brothers one older brother brian and one younger brother eric and um, i've always been super close with my mom um and in 2017 my older brother passed away due to heart complications he had a heart attack and um it was a really traumatic experience and it was my first real close loss i've lost great grandparents before that and grandparents and um my baby cousin but being so close and someone you see almost every single day it definitely hit a lot harder and especially at a young age it definitely brought up lots of anxiety around um death and uh life and kind of what what am I doing what do I kind of want out of out of life 
I imagine too, just like, how old were you when this happened? Um, I would have been 20. Just, yeah, just turning 21, like a couple weeks after. Right. So I imagine there was just a ton of fear around almost abandonment, really, like someone who's been there every day to suddenly being tragically taken away from you, right? Oh, yeah. And especially because a sibling, like they're a part of your past, present and future, right? Like it's not just someone who started in your past and eventually they'll they'll leave like they're supposed to in your mind supposed to be there for everything in your life and especially being a new mom like that brought up a lot of um emotions for me where it's how am I gonna explain this to my son and how do you keep the memory alive while keeping yourself protected, essentially. I actually want to talk about that a little bit and what that was like for you as a new mom, because, you know, being a first time mom, there is so many, I I mean, I can't even begin to describe the mental and emotional roller coaster that you go on, but then you also had this added layer of losing somebody that was so close to you. And I know for myself, when I first had my daughter, young mom, I had her when I was like 26 and I, I had had a different form of abandonment fears and loss, but I would look at her and just be so afraid of how I could protect her and how I could keep her safe. And I think that like the things I had experienced and the losses I had experienced really amplified that. I'm curious what that was like for you. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Even going into birthing, I was scared for myself just because I have lots of anxiety around death and um it's it's hard to think that it's something so out of your control and you want to be able to do the best for for them like you were saying and uh also like in 2020 I lost my mother-in-law so it was very hard for both my husband and I to learn how to let go I guess, Mm -hmm. of those anxieties around it. And especially when like, it's someone so little, there's lots of kind of like the what ifs, what if they get sick? What if like SIDS and all that kind of stuff kind of pops up when when your anxieties around death are are pretty high. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, those fears as a new mom are there anyways. And then when you've gone through such loss, like you have, obviously that is just like completely amplified and hearing your story too. Like, it sounds like you have really suffered a lot of loss from your brother, your mother-in-law, your little cousin. Like these are huge losses that you've encountered in your really young life. Like it's amazing that you are doing so well. How have you coped? I mean, losing a family member is such a tragic loss and the grief is something that everyone navigates differently. And I'm so curious how you navigate it and how it's different from how you navigated it pre having children and now being a mom. After losing my brother, it was definitely such a shock that, um, and I was kind of at that age where I would go to a party and I wasn't really like thinking too much. And um, that kind of, changed when I realized, you know, in regards to how he passed away um, due to a heart attack, I really wanted to take my health more into consideration. So I stopped drinking and I had started going to the gym. 
And it was nice that we have a 24 hour gym in town that I was kind of able to go anytime. And um, through that, I started working with uh, Katie Carter Fitness to understand food better and understand how I can improve my relationship um, with the gym and just kind of balance it, I guess, with day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. I did lots of therapy. It took a while to find a therapist that um, I felt comfortable with. And funny enough, her husband ended up working with my brother. So we had a connection there. Yeah. And um, postpartum, I think it's a lot more, I'm relying a lot more on people in my life. So I'm relying on my husband, my mom, my friends, um, and less so on therapy. I still go to therapy, especially leading up to this podcast. I wanted to make sure mentally I was in a good spot um, ahead of time. But I would say that I rely more so on, on people that I see and that can help me out with things so I can have more time to myself to be able to go to the gym, rest, kind of get all that stuff that you don't normally get with with a newborn and my husband's been very supportive of taking the baby early morning so then I'm able to sleep in or hit the gym or kind of whatever I need to do. The connection that you have with the people in your life is so important. Like we talk about that a ton on this podcast about how connection is so important when you're going through something traumatic. And clearly that has really, really helped you. And the other thing that really stands out is just like self-care and how you've been prioritizing that for yourself. It's it's so important, A, as a new mom, but also when you're really processing really traumatic events. And what was what is the biggest takeaway that you've had from from your own self-care and fitness and trying to move your body in that way. It's it's not always easy, Bethany. Like it's really hard, right? You know that, especially when you're up all night with a baby. Yeah. So a couple things. The first thing I always think about is I can't fill other people's cups until mine is full. So I'm not able to give back relationships until I know that I'm at a good place to be able to give back in those relationships mm-hmm. and take it one step at a time. So when I don't want to get up in the morning, it's okay, we'll just get out of bed and see where we go and just get dressed and see how you feel after that. Like just have breakfast, just get in the car, just get to the gym. Like even if you're at the gym for five Mm -hmm. minutes and you're saying, you know what, I'm not into this today. And you either just stretch in the corner or you just go home. um, Like at least you showed up and that's more than doing nothing. And that's a huge mindset that Katie has helped me work towards. And it's something that she tries to help everyone who comes through the program is something is better than nothing. So like at least getting up and getting dressed and out of bed is better than laying in bed, doing nothing, 
with your day. I love that you said this. And I want to talk about a couple of things. So just taking one step at a time, which I think is so important how you're like, okay, just get out of bed and see how you feel. Just get dressed and see how you feel. And this is actually something I do too. So I have a daughter who is 10 and Frozen has always been like a big movie in our house. It's just like every little girl loves Frozen. And in the second movie, um, it's so silly, but they sing this song that says, just do the next right thing when she feels stuck and she's all upset because her, she thinks her sister died she, in the song. It's like, just do the next right thing. And it's, that is something so silly, but I say it to myself every day. I'm like, just do the next right thing. Okay. What's the next right thing? Get in the shower. I don't feel like getting in the shower, but I'm going to do it. Like get dressed, brush your hair, brush your teeth. What's the next right thing. So I love that you said that, like taking those baby steps and like, what's next, just one thing at a time. And removing yourself from your natural environment where you're feeling really low and just going to the gym, even if it's to stretch or going for a walk. I know that you go for a walk, like constantly with your baby. I see that you post about this, which is so, so great. (laughs) And then the other thing is like finding an asset like you found with Katie. So I'll link, um, Katie's website and stuff in the notes, because I know that this has been a really big asset for you that you've leaned on in your self-care journey in your healing journey. Um, tell us a little bit about that and the importance of that, of what that's had in your life is connecting with her. Yeah. So first, it's funny that you mentioned the next right thing because my friends and I were talking about favorite Disney songs yeah. the other day. And that's like my <laughs> second favorite Disney song. So funny. <laughs> yeah. I say it all the time. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I connected with Katie in 2020 um, during COVID. Um, I had just moved jobs around due to COVID. The pools were closed. So I wasn't able um to be working at my normal job and I was kind of feeling stuck in a loop and I think lots of people were during that time and so I just wanted a little extra boost and I had seen her videos on Instagram of like squatting with a bag of flour because gyms were closed and I was like I I want some some help getting back into the gym during during, well, I guess not getting back into the gym, but working out during mm-hmm. COVID. And so her and I got to talking. I started with just um, nutrition with her. So looking at macros and kind of figuring that out. I had never tracked food before. Um, so that was a real big turn. And then deciding if I'm doing this, I may as well, I may as well go all in and see kind of how far I can push myself. And I've always kind of until recently had that all or nothing mindset, um, which is good for some things, but being a new mom, it's definitely not good to have an all or nothing mindset. Um, Yeah. And then I worked with her uh, for, I think it was two and a half years until I got pregnant and then being pregnant, I knew I was going to have to slow down. So I just was doing my own thing in the gym kind of, relaxing, just making sure that I was keeping active. And then a few months postpartum, I had kind of felt like I lost the love for going to the gym. Like I loved it before. I loved getting new PRs and being able to see everyone that like works there and goes there. And uh, so connecting with her again through her summer challenge, um, it gave me something to do that wasn't 
as much time or effort as the one-on-one coaching. So then I was able to kind of learn that balance between being a new mom and going to the gym and figuring out how to eat while the baby needs to eat and the baby needs to nap and all that sort of stuff. So it was nice to kind of get my my love back for mm-hmm. it and figure out a new routine as my baby's routine started to settle down. Yeah. And also like to give you something to focus on other than your grief, right? Yes. Oh, definitely. And it's always kind of in the back of your mind, like every time you do something new with your baby, like you start new solids and you're worried, are they going to choke? Am I like, what, what if? And that happens kind of with every, every new thing. Like we get a new car seat and I'm like, well, what if I put him in wrong? Or what if it's not in the vehicle properly? So like there's lots of that that still comes up. And my husband's been, so he's a lot more level-headed than I am and less anxious. So it's nice to have someone to be able to kind of bring you back down to talk about those things too. Yeah. And kind of looks at me and he's like, well, no, you did all the steps. Everything's right. It's going to be fine. You're going to have to do it at some point. (laughs) So it's nice to kind of have, have a reasonable voice to be able to tell you those things Mm -hmm. when when you're just spiraling for sure it's nice to kind of bring you back down and then calm you down and yeah yeah I totally see that and I'm I'm curious too you know what it's been like for your family as a whole having lost a son and a brother and a sibling and you know and then welcoming this new baby in and how you guys have supported each other and what kind of therapies you guys have leaned on together as a group to support each other my mom and I have always been really close. And as a new mom now, I couldn't imagine the pain that she had gone through. And, you know, like the first few weeks to a month afterwards, we still didn't have answers from a coroner. So you have anxiety about like what's going on. Um, can something happen to me? Yeah. And worrying also if you're enough for the rest of your family like am I enough to make them happy again and just kind of as a human you always bring stuff back to yourself and you um want to try to make things better for the people that you love but there's nothing you can really do besides show up and support them and it's Nice. My little brother and I have a lot closer relationship. Even we were close, but even more close now. And like watching him become an uncle has been like the most amazing thing because he's not really like a baby person. (laughs) So it's been adorable watching them together. And um, yeah, my mom um, does lots of fitness as well. So she's a runner. She just finished her second marathon. And I think she got like fourth in her age group or something like that. So yeah, so she's also leaned a lot on, on fitness as well. And um, all of us, uh, my family's pretty open about like mental health and depression runs in my family. So taking care of yourself. So it's always been a really open topic 
in my family, even with my extended family and my grandparents and cousins and aunties and uncles, like it's always been pretty open. So it's nice that um, we feel comfortable enough to tell each other that like, Hey, like I'm stuck or I'm not feeling too great. And it's nice that also they can look at you and there's been a few times where my mom's been like, Hey, have you thought about going to counseling again? Or it sounds like you're being really like, you have lots of anxiety right now. Like, are you talking to Mm -hmm. someone? So even if you're not talking to them, they always kind of push you into talking to someone. Uh, Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, the key to a lot of this process for you has just been like checking in on each other and checking in on the people you love to see how they're doing. When I think about, you know, past, I mean, I interviewed someone, uh, Mira Simone, she had tragically lost her husband and she had mentioned that one of the mis- the biggest misconceptions about grief and loss is that the people who have lost someone, they don't want to talk about their person. So, so many of us are so uncomfortable with death and we're so uncomfortable with talking about loss and we don't want to trigger the people that we care about. So we end up not saying anything, which really ended up hurting her. And I'm curious your take on that because her take was that to bring up their people and keep their memory alive and talk about them because they're already thinking about them. It's already on their mind. You're not just suddenly bringing it around. And if they don't want to talk about it, they would rather have the option to say, you know what, I actually don't want to talk about that right now than for people to say nothing at all, because that ends up being really hurtful. Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree. And like one of the things that I came across as losing a sibling is Lots of the times you're talked about as the forgotten grievers because there are parents mm. who have lost a child, which people like it's an unimaginable pain. And then there's depending on what your sibling's life is like, they have a spouse or they have kids who have lost a spouse or they have lost their parent. And so lots of the times siblings kind of get pushed to the side and I understand in people's mind why that would happen, but um, it's definitely something that I think needs to be talked about more. And I definitely noticed like with um, social media, for example, Mm -hmm. when um, my mom would make a post, uh, there were friends of mine who were commenting on there uh, about how they're thinking about her, but I wouldn't get any messages from them. And I know that death can be, very awkward to talk about. Um, So it was very hurtful to feel like they're not thinking about me. And uh, unfortunately, like some of those relationships have gone, but I wasn't receiving anything back from those relationships. Um, And that's kind of one of, one of the big things in my life is if I'm not receiving what I'm putting in, um, I, I don't need to worry about that relationship. Mm-hmm, that's so powerful. And you know, like, honestly, Bethany, that is something I have, I hate to admit, but I've never considered that you are completely right. Siblings really are the forgotten survivors of it. Those forgotten grievers of, of these losses. And 
there is a ton of focus on the parents or the children of, of the person who's passed or the wife of the person who's passed, but you are right. And it's something that I actually never considered either. And that is something that needs to be talked about. And what was your experience with this? I mean, I know that you, you've lost relationships and that was so hard, but I also imagine that as a child looking at your parents who have lost a child, you know, you probably put your own grieving aside to help support them. Oh yeah, definitely. Like they're like initially kind of the shock of it came through and like my immediate thought was how do I help? So I'm like, do I go get food and I would try to bring chocolate and, you know, you try to get them to eat, you try to get them to laugh, but you're just, I would say you're so confused, I guess. Um, and especially with it being like my first real, um, close loss is you, you don't really know how to act ever when you're grieving no matter like what loss it is it could be your tent that you still don't know but trying to figure out how you can help and like I was saying before like if if you're enough to help if you're enough to make them happy again to smile again and um, want to stay here and be with you no matter what but it's one of those things that, you know, it takes time and it takes communication to try to figure out how to help and what helps and yeah. what doesn't help. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And so I know that moving your body and diving into looking after yourself has been a huge help and therapy has been a huge help. What else have you done to try and what also what made you decide, okay, I have to stop trying to be this for my mother and I really have to show up for myself. Like what was that moment where you realized like enough, enough, I have to put myself first too. I think it would be COVID. And it was really as as sad as it was. We had a few weeks all together as a family. And I remember talking to my mom and saying, everyone else during COVID is feeling like how I feel in my day-to-day life. Like they have this heightened anxiety. They have worry about death and what's going to happen next. And it was in a way like I I felt more validated mm-hmm. in in my day-to-day anxiety and knowing that everyone else was kind of feeling similar things kind of pushed me forward to become better for myself and depending on like what what happens after covid like how do i want to use this time in my house or um alone to to better myself when I come out of this. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. And you're right. Like so many of us were feeling those things and you probably felt like less alone. Yes. Oh, definitely. Like it. talking to other friends or people who, who felt, you know, like that, that day to day anxiety mm-hmm. was selfishly. It was, it felt yeah. good. I know like I don't necessarily wish that on anyone. Like it's a club that no one wants to be a part of, but it's, definitely helped I guess my mindset on okay well there's other people who are who are feeling this but they are still becoming better for themselves so how how am I going to become better for myself Mm -hmm. after that's amazing yeah COVID was a big one for all of us like I also felt like in my own grieving process from things that it was the only time in my life where I actually had permission to just like sit and do nothing but work on me 
Yeah. And no one was going to judge me. I was just like, (laughs) yeah, no one could say anything because we were all doing some version of nothing. And it really gives you that only time in your life as awful as COVID was. And I I get the feeling you feel the same way is like the only time that you really felt not judged for just like taking care of you and doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. The silver lining. So, you know, I would love to know how you and your family are, you are honoring your brother now and how you're keeping his memory alive and how you plan to teach your son about who he was and the type of person and loving person that he was. Yeah. So I think it was the first or the second anniversary of his death. My mom had made these pass it forward cards and she had handed them out um, to stores and it had a couple like ideas on it. And it was so funny in a roundabout way that I would see them all over the place and someone would do something kind and hand someone else a card and you could see it and you're like oh that's the card in relation to my brother and so that was a really nice thing that uh she had done but the main thing that we do is we talk about him we still give each other gifts from him we still play lots of the the games or video games that he liked to do. And I plan on kind of sharing those things with my son. So we buy things where I'm like, oh, that's something that my brother liked, whether it's Mario or Pokemon. And we will kind of bring those things home for him. And lots of, oh, you look, you look like your uncle today because you see baby pictures and you're like, oh my goodness, like, they look so similar. And then some days he looks just like his dad. So it's, it's funny to kind of bring that up. But yeah, we definitely still, we still talk about him a lot and share pictures and stories and uh, like uh, new traditions, I guess that Mm -hmm. that involve him. So Christmas presents, like I'll still get a Christmas present from him to my mom every year. And just stuff like that, like signing his name on birthday cards and to just know that whatever you believe, he's still thinking about you. And you know that the love from him was strong and the love that you have for him is so strong that really like death can't can't change that. That's so beautiful. I love that you guys are doing all those things. And I have no doubt that the love will carry on. Like it just seems like such a beautiful way to honor who he is and how he's still showing up in your guys's life. Thank you. Oh, it's amazing. Um, you know, I know that you have really dove deep into this fitness world and looking after yourself and you've been sharing your journey online and helping inspire other people to do the same and show up for themselves. And I would love to know what's next for you. So it's kind of a new chapter in my life being postpartum mom. So it's, a lot of trying to regain that strength and learning a new balance in my life. Um, especially being on maternity leave, I have, I have time for that. So it's nice to be able to take this time to learn more about my baby and learn more about myself and kind of what I can, what I can do and how strong I can get now. And I've been lucky enough to be part of the ambassador program for Katie. So I've been able to be part of her group chats and be able to help support other women who are going through stuff, whether it's similar or different. So it's very nice to be able to 
connect with people that you wouldn't normally connect with and hear their story and help push them to heal themselves from whatever that is or better themselves as well. It's amazing. And that also just comes back to like in the healing process, the importance of connection. Yes. Oh, definitely. Like I, like it takes a village for anything, for raising a child, for helping you get better, like fill that cup up so you can help those other people in the village. I love that. Also, you know, one of the biggest things for me was in help in me moving on in my own grief and my own trauma is literally service. Like these conversations, helping people, it just, I can't, and I know you can attest to this too, is just like how that helps you in your own healing process helping other people. It just, it's key. I really believe it's the missing link. Yeah. You had talked about that on an episode, uh, I think it was two or three episodes ago. And yeah, mm-hmm. no, being able to help other people is, is absolutely amazing. And that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to, to come on here was to be a voice for the people who have lost a sibling and uh, yeah, not had the confidence to, to be open about it or not feel like they were allowed to be this open about it. Mm -hmm. The, the forgotten grievers, which is said so beautifully by you, you know, that they're not forgotten and it is okay to look after yourself to, you know, after you're done supporting your parents, it's, you need to look after yourself. Yes, definitely. I love that. You know, anyone who is listening, I would love to know what is one piece of advice that you would give to anyone who is navigating something similar, who is feeling like the forgotten, the forgotten griever, who doesn't really know where to begin? What would you tell them? That their grief is valid. Like you don't need to compare your grief to others. And that's something we have a hard time doing is you can look at it and lots of times you're like, oh, it, it could be worse. Um, oh, it's not as bad as what so-and-so is going through. So your grief is valid. Your feelings are valid. And it's okay to feel whatever whatever it is you're feeling. I love that. And I love what you said. You know, I think as survivors of any kind of grief or trauma, that is the grief comparison or the pain comparison is so awful, so painful. We all do it. And it's, it's something that I love that you said, because I think we all need to hear that is like, there's no, you know, Catherine Pennington is somebody who I interviewed who this, she said something that constantly sticks in my head. And she said, there is no pain Olympics. Like there is no grief Olympics. Like we are all in this, no matter what your pain is, yours wasn't worse than mine. Mine's not worse than yours. Like we are all in pain for something. And I love the way she said that it really like hit home with me. And if we could just all kind of let that go and give ourselves some grace, I think we we could get a lot further. Oh yes. I, I definitely agree. And I think that also if, if you're not comparing your grief to others, it's easier to be able to support them as well, because then you're not Mm -hmm. in your head thinking, Oh, well, it, theirs isn't that bad as well, because there's times where sometimes, for example, COVID losing their job, that was the worst thing that's ever happened to them. So also traumatizing. Yeah. Right? So to not think, oh, well, I had it worse helps you be more empathetic for those people that are also going through something that could be the worst thing they've ever gone through. Like they getting a, a speeding ticket 
could be the worst thing someone's ever felt. That's mm-hmm. okay that that's the worst thing that they've ever felt. And it'll help mm-hmm. you be able to support more people day to day. Yeah. And I think a big one too for me was like, you don't have to feel ashamed or bad just because you're feeling this pain, just because you think other people's is worse. Like you don't have to feel bad that this, what might be small to someone else is really big to you. That's okay. And the interesting thing too, and what I love about what I'm doing is I have talked to all kinds of survivors. I have talk to people who have survived suicide, who've lost their husbands, who've lost their brothers, who survived sexual abuse, who, you know, have survived domestic abuse. I have, what I find so fascinating is that even though it's a different kind of grief across the board, even yesterday, I was talking to someone, Jillian Roberts, who is navigating cancer and her grief and pain is so different, but the pillars of all of our trauma and pain are the same underneath all of it. The pillars of it are the same and it's what connects us. And, you know, not all of us can feel joy. We're not all capable of that. Sometimes it takes a lot of work for some of us to feel that. But the one thing that we all can connect on as a human race is pain. Yeah. And we just need to be a little more empathetic no matter what that pain is and a little bit kinder to each other. Yeah, I definitely agree. Kindness. Something so small can go such a long way, especially if someone's having one of those days. Mm -hmm. And I love what you're doing online and sharing your process and sharing your goals and sharing how you're kind of living your life as a new mom and a sister who's grieving something. And it's really beautiful that you're sharing that with the world. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having this platform for people to be able to, to speak about the hard things Yeah. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you coming on and I can't wait to see what you do, Bethany. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that today's episode provided insight, inspiration, and comfort to anyone who is dealing with the effects of trauma. Remember, you are not defined by your scars and you are not alone in your healing journey. If you enjoyed listening, please make sure to rate, review, and share this episode with a friend who could benefit from listening. We'll see you next week. 